0: 10-minute birth? I hadn't until I sat with Lindsay and listened to her story. After having four deeply unsatisfactory births in the hospital, she knew she wanted something different with her fifth child. Realizing that they wouldn't be able to afford a midwife, Lindsay chose free birth and began her life-altering shift from playing the good girl to becoming the self-assured, powerful woman she is today. Lindsay shares with us the story of her most recent birth, her first daughter, that from start to finish, lasted 10 painless minutes.
1: Okay, well, I'll start with my mom is a very medicalized person herself. She's a nurse, a registered nurse, and has always worked in an emergency room setting or a doctor's office. Um, She's very... Diabetic and has thyroid issues and mm. plethora of health problems. So her pregnancy with me was a rough one, and she had maybe a C-section in about 34 weeks. I was born very healthy. I was six pounds, and the doctors were determined that there had to be something wrong with me mm. because of my mom's health issues. Right. Um, so she said my feet were black and blue from being poked so many times to be tested for my Aww. blood sugar. <laughs> And she didn't get to see me for almost two days because they kept me in the NICU trying to figure out what had to be wrong with me. I'm still perfectly healthy. Yeah. Yes. And I suppose it's common for, you know, unhealthy mothers to have unhealthy babies. But I hate that that's initially where Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it has to go, you know, and not doesn't always have to be an unhealthy baby coming from an unhealthy mother.
0: No, certainly not. And I think it actually can be very reassuring to, to pregnant women to find out or to know that um, your body, for better or worse, your body will prioritize your baby. And so you know, it, it might be very depleting to us. Um, but the baby is, is quite, quite protected. So, but how, so how would you say that this, why is this where you start with? What is, how did this color, um, your, your experience with your first pregnancy?
1: I can remember even as a child, when my mom would talk about, you know, how I was born, it bothered me. It just seemed so wrong and awful. And I can remember thinking, you know, poor baby me. Yeah, I probably just wanted my mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I knew that I wanted to not be separated from my babies. And I knew that I I wanted better than that. And I felt like my mom and I had deserved better than that also. Mm, yeah, for sure. So early on, I, I wanted to be a midwife. Um, and then somehow throughout the years, that got lost and something else became more important. You know, we got horses and I wanted to be a rodeo queen and (laughs) that did happen, but not, you know, when I was 16. So we've moved on from that as well. Awesome. Um, back to midwifery. Um, I, I got pregnant when I was 20 and because of my medicalized upbringing uh, the first thing I did was seek out a doctor.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. It's just what you do.
1: Well, yeah. And when your mom goes, well, have you made your doctor's appointment yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh Yes, mom. I'm, yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, well, the pregnancy went well. Uh, I was very healthy. I gained a little more weight than I probably should have. I, I think by the end, I ended up gaining almost 70 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I was eating unhealthfully and kind of just whatever I wanted because, well, I was eating for two.
0: <laughs> right. Totally.
1: And, um, my doctor was, uh, a man in his late fifties, early sixties, um, and was very much, hello, patient number 72, mm-hmm. you know, what can I do for you today? Yeah. Who are okay, you again? <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was no personalized care. There was no care. It was just, you know, I went in, I did what I was told and I left and that was it. Um I I went and bought a book uh written by another male doctor, a uh, your pregnancy week by week and you know followed it to a T which probably suggested vaccinations and synthetic vitamins and monthly weekly doctor's visits.
0: Yeah, all the stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um how to prepare for your potential C-section or mm-hmm. episiotomy. Um, but I went into early labor at around 34 weeks Mm. and I went into the hospital, of course, because I was contracting and somebody helped me because I can't do anything for me. Um, but I was young and I didn't know any better. And, uh, I ended up staying the night and got on magnesium sulfate and the contraction stopped and we went home. Uh, and luckily nothing else exciting happened again until, about 39 weeks when I went in for my almost final prenatal visit, when he told me that my baby was very large and I was very small. And if I continued the pregnancy any farther, there's a really good chance that I would not be able to birth vaginally.
0: <sighs> Makes my blood
1: boil. <laughs> <sighs> and he insisted that I schedule my induction date that day. Mm-hmm. So predictable. Um, so- so we scheduled my induction for November 14th, 2003. I was to come in at 8 a.m. Um, and he gave me uh, an Ambien to take oh, uh, the wow. night
0: before. Wow.
1: Because, you know, most women can't sleep. So take this.
0: Yeah, and that's perfectly so, safe for a baby. My goodness, I'm
1: sure. I'm sure it was. And silly twenty year old me didn't think of to question course. my doctor. No, of course. So I took my Ambien, like the good girl I was, and went to bed. And uh, woke up very groggy and confused at three a.m., soaking wet. And I went to the bathroom and went to the bathroom and stood up and couldn't figure out why. After I had just gone to the bathroom, did I pee all over mm. the floor? So I grab a towel and I'm cleaning up, you know, my mess and gosh, I make more of a mess. I'm like, what is wrong with me? So I go to get back into bed and realize, oh, my bed is soaking wet. too. Oh, gosh, no. dang it. I, how much water did I drink? Yeah. So I start to change the sheets when I stop myself and I'm like, wait, hold on. This isn't pee. Wake up, Lindsay. Wake up. Yeah. <laughs> So at this point, I'm finally with it and realizing that my water has broken. And wait, where's my husband? He was nervous himself. He had not taken Ambien. He had gone to the store at 2 a.m. to stock up before the baby came. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I'm home alone, like, doing my makeup and getting
0: dressed. And he gets home with all these grocery bags. I like, so I like, had... try, I like picturing you putting on makeup on Ambien. It's like clown makeup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo!
1: I was ready. It was going to look nice for my baby. Totally. Uh, so he gets home, hundreds of grocery bags in hand, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, my water broke. Hi, where were you? <laughs> so we put all of the frozen and refrigeratable items away and get in the car. And by the time we drive the 20 minutes to the hospital, I'm having regular, uncomfortable contractions. And the first thing we do is get into a room and they test to make sure that in fact it is my water, Uh which of course it is. Um, And then, you know, the monitors are on and um, they're starting an IV and starting the Pitocin because my contractions weren't enough, I guess. Uh And they were in a hurry probably. (laughs) Um, The rest of it gets a little hairy because of, I'm guessing, the interventions that, happened that didn't need to happen. Uh, the Pitocin causes a six minute contraction mm. and I have like three doctors and seven nurses in my room and they're flipping me over onto my left side and putting oxygen on me and mm. down the Pitocin. <laughs> I don't think they turned it back on again after that. Um, cause I was regularly contracting just fine on my own. And- God,
0: that's so dangerous.
1: It was 5 a.m. when we got to the hospital, and uh, I'd say I was having the six-minute contraction somewhere around 10 a.m. Uh-huh. So they turn everything down and kind of step back after that. And when it comes time to, oh, I should add that I did have the epidural, uh-huh.
0: and
1: it was so strong. I couldn't feel a thing. Totally. You could have cut my legs off with a butter knife, and I would not have known. They told me to scoot down in the bed and I'm like I can't scoot. Right. No, move your hips towards us. I'm like I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can move my shoulders. That's about it. It was the worst feeling
0: mm-hmm.
1: ever. Um, when I'm finally fully dilated and the doctor comes in to tell me how to push he brings a student in with him and says, Oh, she can come too. Right. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Right.
0: What are you going to say? No.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, get out of here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I could have, I should have maybe, but I didn't. Yeah. But but in a
0: way like you can't like the, the power structures and the, the authoritative, you know, an expected submission of that paradigm. I mean, yeah, maybe you should have, maybe that was actually your truth, but in what world, you know, when someone comes in to deliver your baby, are you going to say no or con- cause any sort of conflict?
1: No, no. And the, you're right. Authoritative. They do have that authority feeling about them where you almost feel like you can't really mm-hmm. say no. Like it's almost not an option. Yeah. Especially when they word it like, this is okay. Right. Totally.
0: And they're all functioning under, you know, this, this totally not, not legal thing called implied consent, you know, where it's just, you're going to consent to whatever we say or do because you're on our turf.
1: And because you're not saying no. Right. Totally. Um. So the student is standing watching and he's, you know, we're counting to 10 and I'm holding my breath and pushing, you know. And the baby's coming down and I'm asking, you know, am I a good pusher? You know, I'm, I'm young. I've never done this. I don't know what I'm doing. The only thing I've seen is women giving birth on the TLC channel. (laughs) Um, and they assure me, oh yeah, you're doing a great job. Uh, so I keep pushing I keep pushing. Um, and the fetal electrode scalp monitor Mm -hmm. that they had on his head, monitoring his heart rate had fallen off. And they, they couldn't get it back on to get his heart rate. And because he was so low in the birth canal, they also couldn't get the external monitor on his heart rate. And so because of that, he goes, we can't detect your baby's heart rate. We need to get him out right uh, now. I'm going to use the vacuum. Uh, and so they put the vacuum on his head and they ripped him out of me. Um, He he was 8 pounds, 14 ounces, and my first child. And afterwards, they had to reattach my right labia. Yeah. So my first birth experience was one that I definitely needed to heal from. Yeah, for sure. Physically and emotionally. Um, The second was my smallest child at only 7 pounds. He was seen, uh, I was seen with, um, um, I saw a midwife for his pregnancy and she was more of a hands-on med wife. I've heard the term and, uh, you know, stripped my membranes at 38 weeks and
0: what? Oh my
1: (laughs) gosh. Um, he was born at 39 weeks and was only seven pounds and, uh, <laughs> I was the only complaint I have with his birth is I, I was laying there going, You know, I'm feeling some pressure, even though I had the epidural. I could still feel pressure this uh-huh. time. Oh, that's normal. They tell me that's normal. um we'll check you here in about half an hour. Your water's broken, we don't wanna introduce any sort of germs, which yay, okay, um, but I'm feeling pressure though still. <laughs> Uh, she brushes me off again. I, I pushed the nurse call button again, really feeling some pressure here. They assure me again, that's completely normal. Finally, another five, 10 minutes go by. I push my nurse call button again. I think at this point they're just annoyed with me. I'm like, look, I'm really feeling pressure. She goes, fine, we'll check you. So she has me lay back and she goes to check me and goes, oh, God, baby's head. No shit. <laughs> God. <sighs> uh. And so she goes, do me a favor. Just give me one little test push. His head comes out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> she goes, oh, my God. Call so and so the midwife's name. I don't remember her. Um, she walks in the room and goes, oh, hi. And she has one glove on. And I have a picture of this. It's hilarious. And the other glove is halfway on. And she's looking down going, oh, there's the baby. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as she walked in, there was one more push and baby was out and on the bed. And they go, oh, my God, pick, pick him up, pick him up. Because nobody else had gloves on, so they couldn't touch him. Mm. Um, and she goes, oh, wow, he's tiny and the cord's tiny. Were you a smoker? Wow. Um, no, thank you. I wasn't a smoker and yes, he's beautiful.
0: Isn't he right? It's not like he was four pounds. I mean, seven is a perfectly average, normal size. Yes.
1: Um, but he was perfectly healthy and no, I was not a smoker. (laughs) Um, third baby also hospital on a military base. Mm. Um, my doctor loved ultrasounds. I cannot tell you how many pictures of that baby I got. Um, he would, (laughs) it was almost like we were buddies, you know, he was trying to do me a favor and he'd be like, Hey, I got an extra 20 minutes. You want me to go grab the ultrasound machine? Um, (laughs) back then I was like, Oh my gosh, really awesome. You know, another chance, my baby. And this guy really likes me. How, what did I do to my child? Um, uh, but I was begging to be induced with him, which I kick myself now. I've learned so much since and, the old me is so ridiculous. Um, but I was 39 weeks and my mom was in town and I had to have the baby before she left.
0: And you don't, I mean, if you don't know, you don't know, you know, it's, I i can empathize with how painful it, it must be to now know better. Absolutely. And you were, go make these different choices. Of course, you know, but at the same time, you, you were a part of a system that this is just what you do. Yeah, it was. I was, it's what everybody did. That's what a lot of people still do.
1: Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's hard looking back and it makes it even harder sitting here telling these stories
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I haven't since I have acquired these new freeing stories. Yeah. Um, so third baby, I begged to be induced. He was comfortable, didn't want to come out. Um, They said, you know, fine, come in. We'll induce you if we have a bed. So we stood in the waiting room for probably four hours waiting for a room to be open so that they could start the induction. They get in there. They start the Pitocin. I start contracting. Um, They probably did some membrane stripping. Um, After I was dilated to about a four or five, they came in and broke my water. After that, it was kind of hard and fast and uh they almost didn't get the epidural in in time and i did end up feeling everything and it hurt because of the pitocin Mm -hmm. pitocin contractions are regular contractions are nothing compared to pitocin yeah
0: they're torture um
1: and he was and vaginally and healthy and eight pounds, nine ounces. And uh, in about five hours, I think. And the doctor said, gosh, if I had known it would have been this easy to induce you, I would have done it last week. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's like cattle, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Fourth baby was born also at a military hospital in Alabama.
0: Well, let me, let me pause you right there and just say, so I, obviously, you're going to get to the point where, you know, you, you started considering something different. But at this point, you've now had three babies, you know, in the system. And is there a whisper inside of you that's like, eh, you know, it could be better or, or is there or are we about to get to some like pivotal epiphany moment or is it like a slow drip that it, it's coming through you?
1: I lived in fear. I, I feared my mother, I feared the doctors, I feared, you know, potentially killing my baby. I have to do everything I can to keep us healthy and safe. And Mm -hmm. what, what I was taught and the only thing I knew as healthy and safe was hospitals and doctors. Yeah. Because I didn't have any, I didn't have that weird hippie crunchy friend that was like, right. No, you don't need the hospital, man. Um, I, I wish I would have had that person, you know? I had my mom who was like, go get your flu shot and Mm -hmm. go see the doctor extra if you can. Right. Um,
0: (laughs) Just go as much as you possibly can. It's
1: the only way. Um, Okay, so
0: now you're pregnant with your fourth and you guys have relocated?
1: Yes, into Alabama, which is not a state to have a child in. Yeah. Um, The hospital we were at, the honestly only thing I can remember about his birth, because it was, you know, just like all the others. Pitocin somewhere between five and 10 hours and fortunately ended in a healthy baby. Um, However, after he was born, they took him and laid him in uh, like an incubator warmer thing that was in the room next to me. And they put a a thermometer electrode thing on his chest and, um, you know, a hat and an ankle bracelet so nobody could kidnap him. And they told me, you leave him right here don't pick him up. You can't pick him up until at least two hours because he has to reach a certain temperature and we want him right here.
0: I know, man. I've seen that so much. That is the most backward ass shit I have ever heard.
1: I honestly think it would be worth the price of the plane ticket to go back to that hospital and find those doctors and nurses and go why did you make me leave my baby laying there for 2 hours
0: well girlfriend it, and it's not just that hospital i mean it that is that is the standard that is the norm and has been for you know for a hot minute that the only possible way we could raise the temperature of a of a new you know baby is to be under heat lamps when his mother's warm self-regulatory breasts, you know, are, are a couple feet away. It's, it's, it's just women are treated so disposable and all that matters is technology. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you.
1: It's the opposite of what we should do. Of course it is a baby from its mother.
0: I mean, a technological birth is the opposite of what we should be doing. Right. Like that it's, it's, it's absolutely insanity. Okay. So you're separated from your little one for absolutely no reason for two hours.
1: Yes. We're just sitting there staring at him going, look how adorable he is. We love him so much. And, uh, after I had him, we were done, you know, uh, we were done having babies, and I felt like I was missing something. Not as if I was missing a child, but I was definitely missing something. Um, I, I breastfed all of my children well past six months, so it wasn't that I was lacking in any sort of connection or anything like that. I loved them all very much. Um, they were all successful nurses. They were all healthy babies. But I really felt like I was missing Something, something was off, and I had no idea what it was. Wow! Until I had gotten pregnant again five years later, and I had a job, so I had insurance, and I, at this point, I had a crunchy hippie mama friend, and was like, "I am totally getting a midwife this time, and I even want to try to have this baby at home." Hmm. Um, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, so I'm looking up all the local midwives and are you still in Alabama? And... No. Oh, sorry. At this point we're in Washington. Okay. Okay. So we're in Washington state and I'm looking up all the midwives and I go and visit one and she's super sweet and, uh, very calming and almost like a really friendly, loving grandma, you know, and it just felt wonderful to talk with her and and I thought, you know, gosh, this is it. This is what I was missing. You know, she cares. She's kind of mothering and and it's more natural. My insurance will not cover it. And so that really didn't work for me. Um so at this point I'm thinking, I really don't want to go to a hospital and I really don't want to go to a doctor. But I can't afford a midwife out of pocket. Yeah. And Oh dear. So I happened to be on the phone with this crunchy hippie mom friend and I'm complaining about not being able to afford a midwife. And she goes, well, Lindsay, you know, you could just do it yourself. Right. <laughs> and I tell you, it was like, uh, you know how sometimes they show that like light bulb that goes on. Over totally. Your head? Well, for me, that light bulb like exploded mm-hmm. in fireworks. It was like, oh my God, I can do this Mm -hmm. because I can, I mean, all they do is, you know, they make sure I'm healthy. I know when I'm healthy. When do I go to a doctor? When I need a doctor. Uh, This isn't any different. (laughs) I'll know when I need a doctor. So that was really my big aha moment of, oh, I don't need someone else to help me. And so that was the point where I got back into, I really want to be a midwife and I want to study about all of this and learn all the things. And I mean, everything from natural living to natural eating and birthing babies on your own and organic stuff. It was like my medical wrong world had suddenly turned right.
0: Hmm. So did you, when you aligned with free birth, um, how did your partner experienced that and and did you share it with people in your family like your mom
1: getting my partner on board was a chore um he's kind of like me if you can prove it he'll go along with it um so uh, we just did a lot of research together um uh, anything i found that i read or watched or you know heard from a friend i would share with him and then if he questioned it i'd be like okay fine let's let's study this some more together. And we, we would, you know, we would, we would Google it. We would YouTube it. We, we would find a book and look it up any way we could to answer that question or, you know, calm that fear or find out why. <laughs> so it, it was a good bonding experience for us mm-hmm. because we learned together
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it was less convincing him and we're just, well, let's figure this out and yeah. see if this is a fit for us and learn everything we can.
0: And you can do a lot with an open mind. You know, if, you're, if your partner, you know, even if he's resistant or nervous or scared or um, whatever, skeptical, if he has an open mind, um, you know, the truth comes out. Like science is on our side, you know, I mean, the, the studies are on our side. So with an open mind, you can do, you can do a lot.
1: Yeah, it really is true. All you have to do is be willing
0: to want to learn, and yeah. it's, it's right there. And did you choose to share it with other people?
1: I did talk to my mom about it, my medical Yeah, nurse how'd that mother.
0: go? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I'm not going to lie. Her first response was rude and awful, and yeah. she said something along the lines of, if you really loved that baby, mm. you would go to a hospital and see a doctor. Wow. And I said, well, mom, I do really love this baby, and that's why I'm staying at home. And if you really loved me, you would educate yourself and listen to what I have to say. Yeah. We didn't talk for a while after that about it. It was like we just kind of pretended that subject didn't exist.
0: It's so interesting, too, because you would think that she would want something better for you. Then her experience and the experiences that you had. I mean, this is such a moot point, obviously, because that's not how this works. People are completely loyal, you know, to this system, yeah. regardless of what happens. And as we know, the vast majority of people um, who have any sort of, let's call them fake emergencies or even real emergencies, you know, believe that they were safest um, you know, even if the medical model caused them in the in the yes. system. But
1: it does so, it does goodness, they saved my baby. Right. When <laughs> After it was more causing a, <laughs> Yeah. They caused this for your baby.
0: Totally. Okay. So you didn't talk for a while. You kinda just let it lie for a little while and and then what?
1: Um she was going to be here um if she could. It was a we'll call me if it's, you know, between eight AM and seven PM and I'm not busy. Um so that kind of hurt a little that she didn't want to be more involved because, gosh, what grandma wouldn't want to be involved in the birth of their grandchild, I
0: think. Um, my mom declined. I invited her I, and she she was like, I, I really think I'd be too nervous. And I was like, OK, cool. No problem. But it did. It, it hurt my feelings a little bit, too.
1: Well, it makes me feel better to know that your feelings were hurt by that. Feeling. Oh, for but sure. This your experience.
0: <laughs> Well, I think it's going to hurt our feelings a little bit kind of anytime we extend a vulnerable invitation of any kind, right?
1: And get a no thank you. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. totally. I suppose that's true. Um, But I I wasn't able to call her because um, uh, my first contraction happened at 3.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, And so it was not the time to call mom. And I wasn't sure if it was labor because it didn't feel like I thought it would feel, you know, it wasn't painful. My water hadn't broke and, uh, I I didn't feel like this was it. (laughs) Um, I had gone to bed fully unaware and, uh, almost in a, oh, it's just not going to happen kind of mood when I'd spent the whole week beforehand, going. Is this it? No, Nope. nope <laughs> totally. This is it. Well, okay, that happens, it.
0: right? You get to a point where you're just like, it's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> For me, it was when I gave up
0: yeah.
1: of thinking that it was going to happen. That's when it happened. And
0: what week are you at this point with the, with the fifth baby?
1: I'm um, 40 weeks, five days.
0: Nice. So that's your longest. It's,
1: yes. I had mm-hmm. never gone full term. Well, yeah, you kept two, getting induced. Totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm 40 weeks, five days, and I wake up with not an uncomfortable feeling, just I'm contracting and I can feel the the contracting. I don't know how else to say it because it's not painful and it wasn't pressure yet. It was just tightness, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, of course, me being awake wakes up the husband and I'm walking in circles and he's like, oh, is this it? Hmm. I said, I don't know. I'm just... You know, I'm just owning it for now. I'm walking around and feeling it, seeing if it's going to stop or keep going or get worse. I don't know. And so he says, OK, well, I'm just going to sit here and read then. So he's sitting there reading and I'm walking around and I start stopping and breathing a little. And he's like, OK, do you want me to get the pool? <laughs> At this point, I'm still not ready to commit that this uh-huh. is like... Labor- <laughs> And I'm like, no, don't get the pool because, God, I would hate to have any sort of water in it and then have it to sit here for another week.
0: You're like, obviously, I'm going to go back to sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. This isn't labor. I'm not having a baby right now. Um, so I keep walking. I keep walking. I keep contracting. And uh, at this point, I think they're only about three minutes apart. And that's how they started. Um, and I say, okay, Fine why don't you get the pool? It's been about half an hour now of this. It's still going. I think if anything, maybe it would feel nice to sit in the warm water. So he gets the pool out and starts filling it up, which is good because it gave him something to do other than ask me every two minutes if this was it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So once it's about half full, I'm like, okay, that looks good. I want to get in. So I get in the pool and, you know, we light a candle and I've got some music going and we've got the lights up and it's, it's super relaxing and almost like a spa, you know, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I'm totally loving this. And was soon as I get in the water, it starts getting serious. Uh, it's more than just tightness. It's tightness and pressure. And I'm having to like sway a little and squatting in the water feels super good. Um, and then I'm asking him for a cold towel for my forehead because I'm getting way too warm And after I've been in the water for maybe 30 minutes, I look at Chad and I say, I don't think this is going to take very long. (laughs) And he's like, okay, okay. Well, you know, he's just sitting there going, I wish there was something I could do because, you know, I really didn't need anything from him. I didn't need a back rub or anything. Um, So we're just sitting there hanging out basically. And another maybe 45 minutes goes by and my body starts pushing. Um, So it was really a two-hour easy water birth. Uh, He did come out with the cord around his neck. And as soon as he was fully birthed, we just slipped it over his head and brought him up to my chest. Hmm. And we were lucky enough to get the uh, the last of his birth on video my husband had set up the camera without the memory card (gasps) and realized at the last minute that it was without a memory card. So we, we do have his birth on video, fortunately.
0: Beautiful. And how did you feel right after? And then what was the placenta's birth story?
1: Uh, Well, Chad goes, Oh my gosh, we have a baby, you know, um, he's super excited, not sure what to do. And I'm just going, Oh my gosh, that was so crazy. You know, I, whoa, what just happened? You know, a two-hour birth. Um, Never thinking that I would wake up and go, gee, I wonder if this is going to be a baby, and then two hours later be holding a baby. (laughs) Um, And just a minute later, my, at the time, nine-year-old walks in and goes, mom, can I come in? And of course, we're like, yes, come in, come in, come in. And so he was awake and heard the whole thing. Aw, his room was just down the hall and he waited. He said he waited until the end because he wanted to leave us alone until the baby was out. That's cute. <laughs> I thought it was too. Um, but it also made me kind of sad thinking that maybe he did want to come in and he felt that he shouldn't um, because he, I
0: totally would have been fine with him coming in. Mm-hmm. Had you guys talked about that with the kids prior, like that they were welcome to be there? Yeah. Honestly,
1: I don't know if it came up. I want to say that, you know, yes, we had mentioned, you know, you guys might be here when the baby is born. And if you want to watch, you can. But that, you know, we had planned to have the baby in our room in Mm -hmm. in the in the pool. And I think the majority of the response was We'll hang out upstairs
0: and come down right after. And I think the, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think the older that kids get, the more mom and dad's room becomes like a private place. Sure, sure. We're not supposed to go in there. Yeah, I think, well, I think just kind of instinctively privacy increases as the whole family gets older. Definitely. Who knows? Maybe he thought you guys were having sex. <laughs> <laughs> Those are
1: some strange noises. He's I'm like, gonna I'm going to wait
0: and see if I hear a baby cry at the end of this.
1: That's funny. That that could very well be it. I'll have to ask
0: him. <laughs> so do you remember the placenta coming out?
1: Um, it came out fairly quickly right after um, I had gotten out of the pool because it's just what felt comfortable to me. was okay. Baby's out. I want to get out and sit down and hold him and dry off. Um, and I think I was sitting there holding him and I was like, Oh, Oh, grab the bowl, grab the bowl. (laughs) You could feel it. I could, I knew it was there. And so I just, I laid him down on the bed carefully. And his name was miles, by the way. Um, I laid miles down on the bed and just carefully, turned off of the bed and burst the placenta into the bowl. It came out easy and whole. And I had very minimal bleeding, no tearing. He was perfect and healthy and pinked up right away and weighed eight pounds, nine ounces, just like my third child. And was this your fifth
0: boy? My fifth boy. Wow. Wow. And with that pregnancy, I guess I should have asked this earlier. Did you seek any medicalized care for the pregnancy or was it totally unassisted? It
1: was totally unassisted after, I guess I kind of skipped that part. Didn't I? After I went and met with that initial midwife and then realized that I couldn't afford her mm-hmm. and we couldn't have her at home anyway. Um, I took my own care into my hands and, um, I, I checked my weight as needed if I felt like, you know, gosh, how much did I gain this month? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if I went to the store, I'd check my blood pressure just to make sure it was at a healthy level. And with me, I have a relatively low blood pressure on average. Mine's only, you know, like nineties over fifties, even throughout pregnancy and have had doctors in the past go, oh, are you always this calm? Uh, so i check it just to make sure it was still nice and low, which Uh it was. And, um, my mother's diabetic. So if I was at her house and felt the need to, I'd check my blood sugar just to make sure Uh that I wasn't, you know, out of control or out of range. But otherwise I just went by how I felt. Um, you know, I, I felt healthy. I felt, you know, thirsty. I drank water. If I felt hungry, I ate healthy food. I went on plenty of walks and, I went swimming and I ran up and down the stairs, uh, the whole time chasing. The kids. Right. You also,
0: so, yeah, you had four kids. Good to stay active or easy to stay active with a handful. Yeah. I didn't slow down. So how did you feel in your body and in your heart and in your mind and just like your whole family and your energy field in the days and weeks, um, and even months following Miles's birth? How did that feel to have accomplish, um, this, this epic feat. Um, it
1: just felt like the way life is supposed to be. Um, it felt like I was finally myself because I was taking care of myself. I felt Mm -hmm. like I was in charge of me. I didn't have somebody else telling me how I needed to take care of me.
0: God, that's so powerful. Um,
1: I think everybody should be in charge of themselves. (laughs) Um, right? Crazy, you know, crazy all...
0: notion, huh? As an adult, <laughs> crazy
1: thing. we should all have this awakening of, I need to be in control of me. I don't need you to be in control of me.
0: And, you know, as we know that, that is not a singular event, you know, that, that filters into and flows into every part of your life and who you are and your relationships and, um, choices that you'll make. I mean, it, it, uh, It becomes a completely new paradigm of being when you experience what it is like to be in full self-authority. It really has become like my way of life. Yeah. Beautiful. And so then was this little, little sixth one, the most recent, uh, a bit of a surprise pregnancy?
1: She was quite a surprise. Um, (laughs) she was not uh, expected we i was still nursing full time and i think he was 16 months when they're almost exactly 2 years apart but with her it was no question that we were going to do it ourselves again mm-hmm. because to us after the first experience there was no other way mm-hmm. um, and uh, was completely unassisted never went in and saw anyone until I was 26 weeks and my husband, who was extremely impatient, uh, had to have a small ultrasound. Uh, he was brought up the same way I was, very medicalized. And it has been really difficult to get that out of him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's like I a religion. Yeah. So
1: if for some chance, which I'm saying there's not because I'm planning it as such, but there won't be any more surprises. But if there would be, I would definitely avoid an ultrasound Mm -hmm. in the future.
0: And Um, I mean, now there's those blood tests, sneak peeks, you know, um, where it's just a blood test and you can determine the, the sex of the baby with, with actually much higher accuracy. Um, which if you're going to do something, you know, for anyone listening, I would, I would do blood over ultrasound.
1: Okay. So we're expecting our first girl at 26 weeks. We find out as a girl and I have a perfectly normal, wonderful, easy pregnancy. Um, I've never experienced morning sickness. Wow. Um, so that was a plus. And I thought for sure that, you know, if I were to have a girl, I'd for sure be really sick, you know, because everybody says, (laughs) with my girls I was really sick or with my boys I wasn't or if it's different, you know, if it's a different sex then it was totally different pregnancy. And it wasn't. It was totally the same as the boys. Which was a surprise to me, but at the same time, not, I guess, because maybe it's just how pregnancy is
0: for me. Right, exactly. That makes way more sense to me than that. Somehow the, the genitals of a baby <laughs> determines how a woman <laughs> feels. That that seems a little a little silly. It does
1: seem silly now, but I mean, you've heard that too, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, totally. But there's so many myths, as we know, about, about all this stuff. But anyway, so, okay, so you know you're having your little girl finally after five boys. That's so fun.
1: And I then, just enjoyed this pregnancy a lot. I mean, I I love being pregnant and having a girl was not really different than having a boy or expecting a girl, but in a way it kind of felt different. I don't know how to explain it. It's a tough one. Well that
0: makes sense. Um, I mean it's it's having I, a daughter. It's a it is different. I just felt, I don't know, whole,
1: I guess. I, I'm sitting here looking at some of my maternity photos as I talk, and I'm trying to find the right words, and it's really difficult sometimes. Um, but I just, I really loved being pregnant, and I really connected with her, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful.
1: And uh, I went to 41 weeks and one day. So, again, the longest pregnancy I had had. And I had no signs of impending labor ever. No Braxton Hicks or, you know, prodromal labor or whatever you want to call it. No practice contractions. Um, I didn't lose any sort of mucus plug. I didn't have any sort of, oh, this might be labor. Literally nothing that made me even think I was about to have a baby. <laughs> um, so when I went into labor with her. It was very unexpected. Um, we had gone to bed at about 10 p.m. Uh, we co-sleep. So our toddler was with us and between us at the time. So we lay down. We're, you know, cuddled up and probably talking or reading a book or something. And we finished the story and roll over to get comfortable. And I'd been laying there for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And I kind of felt like I had a a gas bubble. I don't know how else to explain it, um, but I ended up not having gas, uh, and I just thought, "Huh, well, that was weird." Um, and then I had a, a mild contraction that wasn't anything laborish, and after it was finished, I had to go to the bathroom really bad. So I scoot to the edge of the bed as best I can at this point, and waddle to the bathroom. And as soon as I go to sit down, my water breaks all over the floor very loudly. Um, like it could have been in the movies. Mm -hmm. It was like somebody just dumped a gallon of water out of a bucket onto the floor (laughs) from five feet up. Hmm. And my husband from the other room in bed goes, Oh shit. (laughs)
0: he's like i know that noise
1: yeah and at this point i'm like almost out of breath because my body is going what's happening yeah (laughs) and i just go pool now because we had actually had the pool blown up even already so it was really ready to go so he sets it on the floor and gets the hose attached to the shower head and starts it going in the pool i'm trying to pull off my wet pants and walk back to our bedroom And as I'm walking back to our bedroom, my body starts pushing. And I'm like, what? No, I can't. Ah, I can't do this right now. I I get to the bed and I pull my pants off and my body pushes again. And I'm like, what? And I reach down and there's my baby's head. And oh I'm like, oh, my God, we're having her right here right now. Oh my God. And so he looks in the pool and he goes, well, there's not much water in there. You want me to help you get in? <laughs> and I just laughed and said, no, we're having her right here on the bed. <laughs> um, not birthing a baby into three inches of water. Um, I look back and laugh at that. often. Yeah, totally. um, so one more push. Her head is out. And then one more push, and the rest of her is out. Oh my Um, God. So, from the time my water broke to the time she was born was literally 10 minutes.
0: Right. And if we add what, two more minutes with that one mild contraction, or even the gas (laughs) bubble that wasn't a gas bubble, it was like 12 minutes? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. So, how did it feel? afterwards she's now in your arms that just happened out of the freaking blue <laughs> and how do you like how do you feel are you are you just an absolute shock
1: I think so I I remember saying things like oh my god that was the craziest thing and yeah. like um how long was that what time is it um <laughs> and I I remember somewhere in the middle just telling him grab my phone, and take some pictures. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't tell him to take a video. Um, but Maybe because you were in the
0: middle of a 10-minute labor.
1: <laughs> that, that could be, it. I wasn't really thinking. <laughs> but I'm glad that
0: we got the pictures that Aww. we did. Wow. That is amazing. So really, truly nothing. No indicator. No. No, no. waves. No... No, nothing. nothing.
1: Wow. I mean, every time I went to the bathroom, you know, I'm like, come on, mucus plug. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing, nothing to where I'm like, oh, hey, it could possibly be in the next couple of days. No, no hope. Right. And wow. then just like a freight train, she just
0: flew out. Maybe this is a kind of a stupid question, but I feel like I just have to ask because it was 10 minutes. How like was it was it really painful having it be? I mean, I'm trying to imagine what it would be like physiologically that she was already so low, <laughs> yeah, that, that she literally could emerge in that short of a time. So she must've been, you know, obviously very optimally positioned and very low. And, and what did it feel like? Like, how, how could you describe it? Cause I, I've never, I've never talked to anyone who had a 10 minute labor. So can, can you speak to that? Like what it felt like? I can
1: do my best. Um, <laughs> So I keep trying to pick this apart in my head and go over like, okay, how exactly did this happen? Mm-hmm. What was I feeling? My theory is the gas bubble that I felt was either her and the water bag coming down
0: mm.
1: or potentially my cervix dilating. But, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, I did attempt to check my own cervix, which I don't recommend to anyone unless you really feel the need to, I guess, Yeah. but I was unsuccessful. Uh, my cervix was always too high for me to feel. So Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I could have been, you know, five centimeters for weeks
0: and had no, Oh, you mean you tried to check pre-labor? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha.
1: Oh yeah. And not during, I couldn't have touched my cervix if I wanted. Right, 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 right. Um, But so I don't know if, you know, did I dilate it all at once? Had I been open for a while and that Mm -hmm. was just her head coming down? I don't know what that, that sunk feeling was that I felt. Mm
0: -hmm. And would you describe Um, the labor, the, the (laughs) beyond precipitous labor as painful or painless or, or just like total shock and it happened so quick, it almost wasn't even like, I don't know noticeable like what what are the words you would use to describe the phys- the physicality of a ten minute labor?
1: I definitely would not say painful um there was a lot of pressure, and I could definitely feel her shoulder or something on my bladder as she was coming out, which uh. Still, it it doesn't feel like something was injured. It just... Something is different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, like, she got caught up on something in there. um, But then afterwards, of course, was fine. Uh, And it wasn't painful. It was... Again, I just say pressure. Like, it just really felt like something being pushed really hard.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And I felt... I don't know a fullness I guess it just and how did It she... is really hard to describe
0: Totally I can only imagine and how did she come out was she ready to go or was she a little stunned? I mean, I would, I would imagine. Oh I wouldn't no, be... she was ready to go. Really? She came
1: out and was instantly crying. Wow. And yeah. She was like, thank God I'm out of there.
0: Yeah. I would have expected <laughs> a little shock or something with, with such a quick birth, but, but I guess not.
1: You could think and, and bruising. I was worried that right. she would be bruised because Miles was born in two hours and his face was a little bruised. His forehead and nose were um, you know, so to be shot out in 10 minutes, you would think there would be some bruising
0: and there wasn't. Wow. She was just ready I mean, to we go. I think got lucky. Wow. That is so crazy. I love it. <laughs> and then the placenta, same thing right after?
1: Um, hers was a little slower coming out and, um, was actually only half, it got stuck
0: halfway out for like five minutes or so. Whoa. Interesting. I mean, it interesting too. Like it was it it had emerged beyond the cervix or Oh, you could
1: see it. It was outside of my
0: body. Uh-huh. So it was like hanging out in the in the vagina. Yes. Gotcha. Just taking its time.
1: Yeah, it was a little slower than last time to the point where I was like, okay, come
0: on. Yeah, totally. I don't need a placenta <laughs> hanging out in my I'm vagina. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Oh.
1: but it did finally come out. And unfortunately I, I wanted to keep my placenta, but, uh, as soon as it came out into the bowl, I urinated
0: all over it. Oh yeah. Me too. Yeah. So it's <laughs> like, well, rinse
1: that off and freeze it. We'll do something with it someday. Yeah,
0: exactly. Wow. And how did your body feel after such a quick birth?
1: Um, honestly, I felt great. <laughs> I felt amazing. I was really cold. Uh, I remember the whole rest of that day and night I was freezing. Interesting. It was January. Um, but I think just because I was on the smaller end, I don't have a lot of body fat and I, I really felt like I just lost my personal heater.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, for sure. Wow. That Um, is just so cool.
1: One of my favorite parts of her birth was that our two-year-old was um, there for the whole thing. Oh, right. And because he was in bed. Yeah. Oh, he, my God. He just stood in the wings silently and observed. He didn't He didn't make a sound. He didn't come in. He just like stood at the doorway and was like, whoa. <laughs> wow. And he has not left her alone since he is absolutely in love with his little sister.
0: Hmm.
1: He just hugs and kisses on her all the time and is so careful because I, I think because he saw her being born. I mean, yeah. I'm sure every sibling loves their little brother or sister, but when you're there watching them come out of your mom, I think it's a little different.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I actually don't know that every, every, to, especially toddler, you know, two, three, four year old loves their little, their little sibling. I've That's seen a, a lot of, you know, a lot of jealousy, a lot of uh, trouble integrating um, a new baby into the family. And across the board, the family births that I have witnessed or, or spoken with um, women who have family births and where their children are present, there's just less of that all, or all the way to what you've experienced of just total, you know, pack welcoming and love and and healthy integration. I think I think that it it can make a huge difference, which totally makes sense.
1: Yeah, I the way we come into this world and what we're surrounded by totally defines who we are, I think.
0: Well, and versus anyway. I mean, I've dualed hospital birthing, you know, stories where they have to drop the toddler off somewhere in the middle of the night and the kids like screaming, not understanding why their parents are dropping them off to wherever a family member or a daycare or whatever. And then they return home three days later with a baby. Like that's, that's confusing. I that's, that's really confusing.
1: You know, I think I've never looked at it from that side before. And that's awful. (laughs) Yeah. I would hate that. I can't even imagine.
0: There's a lot of dynamics there that, that seem very hard for a, for a young child to wrap their head around. That would be really difficult. Well, I love those stories. Oh my goodness. And what a, what a just inspiring journey you've been on. I mean, you're just such a shining example of, of, you know, like all of us, a woman being born into the system and having medicalized parents and well, maybe not all of us, but certainly me too. And, um, and then just you know, slowly but surely finding your way out of it. And, and the biggest part is having the courage to really do it. You know, I think a lot of women dream about a home birth or a lot of women say they want a free birth or they like the idea of it, but, um, you know, just the, the steps to take and the, the fear to face and the deprogramming that it requires, it's not for everybody. Um, so it's just so It's so inspiring that you were so indoctrinated into the medical model, had four of your babies in there in that system, and then just found your way out and had these absolutely ecstatic, euphoric birth experiences.
1: The deprogramming is definitely the hard part. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, gosh, once I saw that light, I I couldn't unsee
0: it. And it's really
1: hard not to try to go to everyone you know and go, hey, listen to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Because nobody wants to hear that. And they tell you that you're crazy.
0: Well, right. And it, it's, you know, it is like a religion to, to question someone's religion, you know, their loyalty to this paradigm. Um, you know, it's, it's offensive, I think, it, you know, and, and, and obviously from, from women like us, we're coming at it from a very protective, um, uh, perspective, but yeah, everyone has to find their own way. And and unfortunately, as you know, so many women, um, they eventually leave the system like you after having seen, you know, how let down they're going to be by it. And that's sad. And one of my biggest hopes with this podcast is that first time mamas, you know, will, if this is the right decision for them, will make these choices before they have to experience, you know, the inherent violence of the system. Um, Which is why we share these stories, you know, to learn from each other, because if we can accelerate, you know, the, you know, whoever's listening to this episode who hasn't had a baby yet, if, if we can accelerate her learning, um, if that's what she wants, um, you know, the better, we all will rise, right? Less babies will be born into trauma. Less babies will spend two hours separated from their mothers, you know, because someone hopefully will hear your story and say, nope, I'm going to learn from Lindsay and I'm not going to do that
1: that makes me happy. I I hope that, uh, the world can be a better place and that all babies can be with their moms yeah. when they're born like they should be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what a story you gave your family. I mean, what healing and, you know, like we were saying earlier, you you can't go back and, and there's some, you know, I'm sure some real sadness about some of the things that happened with your first boys. Um, and what a, victorious, like vindicated story your children are all going to grow up with of through your own learning and your own healing and your own courage to make different choices. Um, you know, even the boys that were born in the hospital are still now growing up with the story of your journey of learning, you know, that the safest place to birth is actually at home. It's so powerful.
1: Yeah. And I have talked to them about their birth stories. They all know how they were born and, uh, they all obviously know how their two younger siblings were born.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a couple of them have said, you know, kind of wish
0: I was born at home. Yeah. Yeah. That's understandable. I mean, I wish I was born at home. <laughs> I wish you were born Me, at home.
1: <laughs> yeah, Everybody should be born at home.
0: Yeah. Anyone who wants yeah. it. All right. Well, thank you so much. That was an awesome, awesome story. I'm excited to get this episode out. Thank you. that's it for today everyone join us next week for another episode of the free birth podcast thanks for joining us and remember your body your choice lots of love